All right, and we're rolling. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you for the, uh, what, do you, what do you call this? Passive speaker. A passive speaker? Yes. It's very cool. Um, it's for the, for the audience. It's a little thing made out of wood that uh, you put your phone in, play music, and it makes it louder. Mm-hmm. So cool. And I'm excited because nobody's ever given me any personal, like personally made items like that for the really? podcast. So really, yeah. Oh, it's a shame. <laughs> so you are the owner of Broken Brain Woodworking, correct? When did you start that? I had my stroke in 2020, and after about a year of therapy and PT and OT, three or four times a week. I would say probably a little over a year after that, if I had to look at my journal. Wow. And what is that? Oh, I mean, I think we should go back. Uh, look, tell me if you can remember. I don't really know what your memory is like, but if you can go back before you had your stroke, what is, like, who are you? Who were you? Like, tell I, me a little bit about yourself. You from Lansing? No. No. I grew up in a small town called Gaines, about 250 people. Okay. Um, I graduated from Durand. Oh. Um, I moved from there to the Flint area. and I lived out there for quite a while. And then that's where I started working on cars. I've always been a mechanic. And then I worked my way up to a master mechanic, self-taught, through Mercedes-Benz. Wow. And I worked there for the last 15 years, or for about 15 years. And then I got I got bored the last couple of years I was there and taught myself PLC programming and some electrical work. And then I traveled the world working on automated warehouses up until my stroke. Wow. And now, since I don't have short-term memory, I teach myself uh, woodworking every day. Every single day? Every single day is my first day. Wow. What is that like? Is it scary? Is it is it just something you know that you can figure out every day? Like, I've, I've always been good at figuring stuff out with my hands. Um, I, my dad says I should have been an engineer. And... um so I had that going. I've always been working with my hands. And I guess it was my wife that encouraged me. She's like, you need therapies done. You need to go get find something to do. So I went outside and I, uh, I made her a cutting board. And then she showed it to some friends. And then I made a couple for them. And then it just kind of went from there. Wow. That's it's kind of interesting because a lot of you word woodworking people have the same kind of story. It always starts with a cutting board. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody on the podcast before RP original. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was on the podcast. It was a long time ago towards the beginning. And that's what he started with was cutting boards. And uh, then it just kind of progressed into other things. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. So everything I make, I have to make step-by-step instructions on how to make or I won't remember how to make it. So even simple things like a cutting board, I have literally step-by-step instructions on measurements, what machines I need to use. If it wasn't a machine before I had my stroke, how to use that machine without cutting my fingers off, (laughs) how to sand it, everything. Wow. And different folders for how I make them. Wow. And that's got to take a lot of time, right? A lot of extra time. I would say I looked it up, um, say that speaker that I gave you today, the first one took me about three months to figure out how to make it and make my directions for it. And now I can probably make one in a day, a day or two. Wow. That's crazy. Just find out what you can do, I guess. That makes it so much more valuable to me, knowing that, Every single day when you go into your shop, you don't know what you're going to be doing or how to do it, and then you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I have my notes, and the good part about it, I guess, is my notes are always changing because I get to look at it with a fresh set every eyes, a fresh <laughs> set of eyes every day. <laughs> so you change change the way you do it a little bit. Yeah, like this might make it easier, or I like the way this does it, or the way this looks better. So if you was to look at my notes, they're all crosses everything's done in pencil so oh that's smart so i can change them is it do you find that it's therapeutic to woodwork what what's the reasoning behind it do you do it just as a way to just keep yourself busy obviously it started with your wife needing you to get out of the house a little bit well due to my condition i'm not able to go back to a regular job because i couldn't safely 
like work on the car because I wouldn't remember in the where I was at or if I was working with high voltage electricity, mm. I could kill myself or somebody else not knowing where I was at. Right. So I wasn't able to go back to a regular job. So this is more um, one to keep me from going crazy, and then two, it's like my brain therapy every day. Yeah, it keeps my keeps me my brain active and off the couch. Where did you come up with the name Broken Brain? Um, I just kind of figured that it would, it would, it was fitting. It's kind of an homage to my stroke, and then I come up with the logo, and I had my friend Matt make it up for me, and then it just stuck. That's cool. Wow. And what kind of impact has the business had on, on your overall health, like your recovery and all that? I'm thinking it's helping um, to extend my memory a little bit. I mean, it'll never get, like, functional. Never? No, probably. Within, it might get stretched out about a week wow. if, I, if I'm lucky, but it'll never get back to normal. And are you currently still doing uh, like th- therapy, or is there is there nope. a certain kind of cognitive cognitive therapy that you could do? Um, I just do, I do this stuff every day. I do luminosity at night. What's a luminosity? It's a it's a mind building app. Okay. For memory and other issues like that, cognitive skills to keep them up and up and running. And what kind of things do they have you doing in the app? Um. Well, I can't do the math ones, but a lot of um, problem solving, figuring out abstract angles, um, how to get like one object from point A to point B, um, tracking different um, objects. It's like six or seven different strategies that they go through every one, every, a different one every day. Is it frustrating? Like, is it difficult to solve? Like, what is what is the feeling you get if it's difficult? Does it? Um, it would probably be frustrating. The math is, is the most frustrating because one of my deficits is I can't do math. And I used to be able to do algebra in my head, and now I can't, wow. now I can't do like 3 plus 3 without a calculator. Because wow. in my head, 3 plus 3 would be uh, 11. But if I actually count it out, it's 6. Wow. But the first thing that pops into my head is not 6. What is that? Like, is it... I mean, obviously, there's some sort of, like, part of the brain isn't functioning right, right? Yeah. What is, what exactly happens when you have a stroke? Well, there's two types. There's ischemic, which is a blockage, um, and that was the type that I had. And then there's hemorrhagic, which is a blood vessel bursting. So mine was ischemic, which it had a restriction of blood and, and kind of just... I don't know if it says it destroys the area that it affected, but um, it changes it where that part of the brain isn't functional, which affects has snowball effects on other aspects. Oh. So since mine was on the right side, I had vision issues and stuff on my left side was affected. Wow. And so you said you had your stroke in 2020. Yes. Right? How long... What, what was that like? Leading up to it, did you have any symptoms? No. Well, yes, I had a, a TIA almost a year before, which is considered a small stroke, um, almost exactly a year before. But other than that, no, I had no symptoms. The only thing I remember is I went to work, and I wasn't feeling quite right. So I got into my car and apparently drove a couple miles to the uh, – the store and I, f- I must have figured I couldn't make it and then I called my wife and I guess when you have a stroke you're you're saying weird stuff and it's hard to communicate but eventually I got out to her where I was at and then she called the ambulance and that's it now, it, now it's today wow and so when that happened how long were you in the in the hospital for according to my journal I was in there for a good week or week or two, and then I was in PT, OT, and speech therapy for, I think, three months, three to four days a week, pretty much all day, and uh, I had to learn how to walk and talk and eat and everything. So, during that process, do you still have normal thoughts, like, as in, like, I know I can do this, 
and it's frustrating that you can't because it's you're not able to replicate it in physical form. It it is frustrating. Like, yeah. did you have thoughts of knowing that you could do it? Yeah, during my stroke, like yeah. after after. I have no idea. No, no. Or, or even now, do you have those kind of thoughts? Like, if something's difficult and you do, you feel like like you know you could do it, but you just can't. Like, it's there's something that's stopping you. Um, I guess it would be day to day. Most days, I just <clears throat> I'm learning to go with it. So I just go out and I try to figure it out. Or if I'm having a bad day, I just stay out of the shop because a bad day out there can make, can get you hurt. Right. And right. Thankfully, according to my journal, there's more good days than bad days. That's bad awesome. Days. That's awesome. So, so you obviously write a lot of things down. Mm-hmm. What is what is that like? Like, do you journal all day long? Do you just take notes of different things throughout the day? How does what does that look like for you? I have three journals that I keep. I have one that I read and write in every day, so I spend about two hours in the morning reading up what I'll probably go back a month. And then um, throughout the day, I'll take notes. And then in the evening, after everybody goes to bed, I'll spend about two or three hours writing it in. Wow. And then planning out my next day, like literally step by step, what I need to do, when I need to do it, right down to eating. Because one of my deficits is I don't get hungry ever. So I have to set, that's one of my alarms I have to set. Wow. And then um, I have a, a monthly journal that I put the big stuff in because you don't want to hear about your friend's dad dying every day. Right. And then I have my woodworking journals that I constantly use and upgrade. Wow. So it's kind of a part-time job just to keep track of everything. It sounds like a lot. I, I, I journal every morning, um, and that's a lot. <laughs> like, for me, it takes, you know, a half hour maybe, but I couldn't imagine having a journal like that all day, every day. That's just part of life now. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some benefit to that, though. Even, like, even though you have deficits, even though it's difficult to do certain things or remember certain things, it's got to, like, play some sort of impactful, like, it has to like have a huge impact on your life as far as like discipline and structure, right? I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Do you, would you say that you're more structured now than you were before your stroke? Yes, very much so. I mean, I was always organized. Like when I was a mechanic, everything had to be in its place, put away clean, right where it needs to be because it was like time is money. And when you're getting paid that way, everything has to be in a certain spot. Right. But as for motivating myself to get stuff done no (laughs) (laughs) i would get it done when i got it done (laughs) wow and you were telling me before the podcast that it's even hard for you to remember like your kids and like their faces you remember them from a couple years ago yes you just you don't have like present time memory no i do not have any memories of them past 2020 so let's say my son for example my oldest He's going to school for astrophysics. Wow. In the, uh, her astro, um, aerospace engineering. Wow. And in my head, he should be a sophomore. And then my oldest daughter had really short hair, like a pixie cut. Now she has a boyfriend and long hair and looks completely different. Wow. So are you shocked every time you see them? Not as much anymore as I used to be. It's, uh, I I pretty much remember what they look like now, which is better. That's awesome. So if you have a thing like that where, like, you remember something a certain way and then, like, let's say they came in and you, you're like, oh, okay, do you do you recognize that? Like, oh, okay, I know what's happening here. Yes. I, yep. There are a few things that's been sticking after my stroke. I have a few people that I met afterwards, and I, um, I think it's because I see them so often. I'll recognize... I'll recognize them when I see them, but it won't be by their name. It'll be by, like... Association the, of something. Yeah, this is the bee people, or this, uh, this is the tree farm people, or... Okay. And I'm, I, this is the guy with the beard. <laughs> and I don't know it by seeing them, but I don't know what their names are. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to have some benefit, too, sometimes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm just glad to be remembering something. Right, right. 
Now, as far as your woodworking, where do you sell your stuff at? Do you sell them at like local markets or you sell it online? Yes, I have my, uh, I'm usually at the Williamson Farmer's Market most every Sunday in the spring. Okay. And then um, there's a place called The Hive oh, in yeah. Williamson. I sell it there. And then I also have my own website, which is uh, brokenrainwoodworking.com. That's that I, awesome. That I sell my stuff there also. That's awesome. Now, I feel like we're kind of bouncing all over the place because I have like so many questions. Like I've never, I've never talked to somebody that had a, a stroke before and had some of the symptoms that you have. Is it common that people who have strokes um, can recover as much as you have or are they wor- generally worse off? I physically, I'm pretty fortunate on the fact that pretty much, I pretty much came back physically a hundred percent. Mine's wow. mainly mental and cognitive and which I'm fortunate cause I've, I follow a, um, a stroke survivors group and they will be six and seven years out and they're just moving their fingers and, Oh wow. And then they have the full function of their brain, and that's got to be frustrating also because they can they think they want to be able to do it, and they can't physically do it. Right. I'm the other way around. I can physically do it, but I can't think the way I should be. Wow. Thinking the way I should be thinking. Right. Wow. I, I could see the frustration to both aspects of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get a lot of the, uh, well, you don't look like you have a stroke. It's like... Now, not all brain injuries look the same. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> are strokes hereditary? What are they? Do they run in families? Um, I don't do think. Know? I don't think so. No, I don't know anyone in my family that's had a stroke. Um, my doctors, I, I think they say it's just something that has to do with I don't know the individual person. Wow. That's that's crazy because there, there's nothing that really would determine whether or not you would have one, right? Like, not really. No, I mean you can have some underlying factors, I guess, but it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, maybe it was part of a bad a bad diet or some other underlying condition, but for the most part, there's not a lot of prediction on um, strokes at and, the moment. And there's really not much you can do to prevent them. Right. Um, if you knew that you had certain things where it would contribute to them, I imagine there would be. But for the most part, strokes kind of just hit out of the blue, I guess. Yeah. And there's no real warning. That's scary. What is the response like with your family? Are I mean, obviously they they're supportive of you and mm-hmm. and everything. Like, is it's got to be difficult on them too as well, right? Oh yeah. It's probably harder on them than it is on me because they carry it from day to day, to day and I don't. Right. I mean, I have a great family. They, uh, they're supportive in everything I do. Without them, I wouldn't have, I won't, I would not be able to do anything that I'm able to do. So all my, my wife is the rock of the family and then my kids are all great. That's awesome. That's super, uh, it's super important to have a supportive family when it, it times like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, that's gotta be so difficult, but, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you, uh, made a, a pretty decent recovery. Um, and, uh, you're obviously still not letting it stop you. You're making amazing things. Uh, what again is this made out of? It's made out of wood from two different pianos that are okay. 100, 150 years old. What kind of wood is it? Um, the outer parts are maple yeah, or walnut, and the center part is maple. Okay. Um, everything I make, I repurpose antique pianos, and I use the wood out of those for everything I make. So. Oh, you're the guy that does that. Yep. So everything yeah. has part of history in it. That's why. I, that's Okay. So before the podcast, you were like, how, do, how, do, how did you find me? And that's that's how I found you. I remember now. Um, I'd seen a story covered by the news, I believe. Yeah, was, I looked in this Fox 47. Okay. I did that story. Okay. Yeah. So that was like last year, right? Um, I'm not sure exactly when. Yeah. It was like a, it was, I think, I believe it was like a year or two ago and I seen that story and I'm like that, I, I think I intended to reach out to you and I never did, but, um, I was like, that's really cool. So I started following you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, 
That's what, the way I do it. <laughs> I go lug those 900-pound monsters out of someone's house, tear them apart, and turn them into <laughs> That's you know, crazy. Uh, beautiful items. Do people give you the, the pianos, or do you have to go buy them? Oh, no. I have a waiting list of people to give them to me. Really? Yes. There's no shortage of them. Really? Wow. I would have never guessed. Pianos are expensive. Um, not the old broken ones. Just, <laughs> just type in free on Facebook. About 50 of them show up. Wow. That's crazy. That's very cool. Very cool and unique. What kind of impact does your business have on um, people with strokes? Are they Do they find inspiration from what you do? I would hope so. Um, I want to start making some... Um, some products that I that like sell. I'll have stroke awareness products, uh, special cutting boards, and I'll be donating part of that money into the uh, Mary Free Bed. Oh. Those are the, the therapists that help me get back to where I'm at. And it's just my way to get back a little bit. That's amazing. That's truly amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, That's very cool. I'm excited. I, I want to check out more of your stuff. What else do you make? What else do you make out of um, the piano, the refurbished? Um, I was looking at piano. it this morning. Um, my Facebook page is kind of my photo diary, so everything I've made is on there, and I go on there and look. And there's been been everything since uh, from urns to um, um, flags, shelves, wine cabinets. I made a giant live edge desk. A little bit of everything's on there. Um, I'm sorry. I want to pull it up. Let's see here. Broken brain woodworking. I'm always trying to create new things. I've made a bunch of uh, wedding ring boxes so people can engaged with nicer boxes than the ones you get from the store and that's cool a little bit of everything there yeah have you ever done anything with like epoxy a little bit yeah Yeah. using mainly to fill holes okay and stuff like that but nothing real major yet yeah i made a mantle um a couple years ago it's upstairs uh with colored epoxy Mm -hmm. and uh that was that was a lot of fun it turned out pretty nice. I mean, I'm not a professional woodworker like you or anything, um, but for somebody who didn't know what they were doing, it wasn't bad. I've used it to make a couple of uh, cribbage boards that had oh. nice little fit knots and stuff in them, and I filled the knots with it. Yeah. But uh, other than big stuff yet, no, I haven't really experimented into that. Yeah. Into that yet. Yeah, it's pretty unique. There's a lot of videos and stuff on it. So... This is your Facebook, your business Facebook. Yes. You have knives and you made a mitten. What is that? A cutting board? No, nope, that's a giant sign that I made for the neighbor that wanted a sign for to hang on his hunting cabin. Wow. And that one's made out of um, flaming box elder. Okay. Are those wooden knives that you made? Yes, I make those for weddings. They're uh, functional for the wedding cake ceremonies and then they can use them afterwards. Cool really cool challenge coin flags that one's an urn what is an urn oh the the red that one the purple heart one there oh okay yep that was for a young man who was a trucker that passed away and his family wanted a a nice urn for him so the bottom of that actually is the um part um repurposed trailer bed of the wood from a trailer bed from a track and trailer truck whoa and the one right there with the vegetables on it that was an idea that someone sent me on an email wanted me to know if i could duplicate it or make my own version and then the one underneath it is the one that i made the charcuterie board oh see here Yep, that's my version of it. Wow. So how do you do that? Do you cut them into strips and then glue them? Yes. And then I take a a router and make a router template for all those little squares, and I hand route them all out and spend hours and hours and hours of sanding. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's cool. That's cool. You made a table. Yep, that's a giant live edge desk. Wow. That um that was my first one of those. The guy asked me if I could make one out of it because it was his grandfather's piece of wood. And I was like, Well, I don't know, but we'll find out. And that's that's what I made. Wow. That's nice. And those are the wooden knives. Um Where are the knives? Oh, right there. Oh, right, right there. Okay. And those are functional, so you can use them and then wash them after. That is cool. Are they actually sharp? For cakes and pies and soft yeah. cheeses, yes. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated by woodworking. I, uh... I, I mean, I love doing it. It's therapeutic in a lot of ways. And I, I mean, I could imagine that for somebody who struggles cognitively to remember things, it's got to be therapeutic too as well. Yes, it's, um, it's relaxing. It, it keeps me calm. Yeah, I, so could ima- I could imagine. That's kind of my little sanctuary out there. I probably spend more time than I need to out there. But <laughs> not so much this time of year. It's a little cold. Right, right. Yeah, you were saying you have a, a wood shop, but it's not insulated. It's just uh, you have a, a heater, a propane heater. No, I have a wood stove out there. A wood stove. But the, the barn is not insulated, so I'm in the process of looking for some uh, insulation to get put up in there. Okay. How big of a barn do you have? Um, My section of it is about 30 by 40. Okay. Or 20. Uh, no, let's see. It's 21. So 20 by 30 is the area that I use. Okay. Because my wife's got to have her parking spot <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that's cool do you uh do a lot of woodworking for yourself or do you make anything for yourself or do you just take orders and then how, what is your process like um do like, you have stock or like i do have stock the stuff that's on my web page and then i i dedicate a day to just kind of make new stuff and then i also have big orders that i'm working on now which is why I took the winter off for craft shows because I wanted to get caught up on, on these bigger items that I'm working on now. And then, um, but yeah, or people email me and be like, have you made one of these before? And I'll be like, I don't know. So <laughs> I'll look back and see if I've made one. And if not, I'll be like, well, we can figure it out. I love that. So and I haven't been able to not figure out how to make something yet as far as I know. As far as you know, <laughs> I feel like you could use the whole forgetting thing as like a, a benefit. <laughs> yeah, I don't tell my wife that. <laughs> she doesn't buy it. She's like, no. No. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I find that super inspiring that you're able to go out to your barn every single day, not remember how to do something, and then just figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's super inspiring. That gives like, your your business like this backstory that most people don't have i always try to be original i guess it's definitely original (laughs) (laughs) what they don't know is when i go out to other places the little things like spending 20 minutes looking for the car that i didn't drive there (laughs) or looking for the wrong car right (laughs) right how many craft shows do you do a year um Usually at the Williamston one once a month. And then I do some big art fair ones. I try to do one a month um, throughout the year. Or that's my goal this year is to do some of the bigger fine art shows, like the Novi Fine Art Show and a few others this cool. year. That's really cool. Do you, what are your, what are your goals like for, for the business? Do you plan on opening like a storefront at some point or uh, do you just plan on continue doing what you're doing? I plan, well, we just started the webpage, or the webpage store, and that's, I, I'd kind of like to expand into that where I don't have to go and pack everything up as much to go to these smaller craft shows, even though I do enjoy them, but it would be nicer to be able to, to grow that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's online now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost not even necessary to go to the places like that i mean other than the fact that you're kind of getting you're going to like a niche market which mm-hmm. obviously that's beneficial but 
Yeah, and it gets me a lot of my custom orders. Right. Like they'll see me and like, hey, can you make me a cutting board that's 28 by 40? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to make me something. I want a uh, an American flag that has been, um, uh, it's been like burned, you know, like, I think that would be cool to hang in here somewhere, probably on that wall. Well, before we leave here, ever, we'll get together and work out the details on it. Okay, cool. What is the process when somebody wants a, something custom ordered? They just go to your website and message you or? Or email me. Email you. Email me is probably the easiest way to do it, which is just Broken Brain Woodworking at Gmail. Okay. Um, they, uh, they can contact me through my webpage also. Cool. And then I usually will contact them within a couple of days if I can and then get together and see what, what kind of details they want done into it. Yeah, that's cool. I like the um, the logo, by the way. It's really cool. How Do you burn that in? Yes. Uh, my friend, Matt, he's a good friend of mine. They own AC&E um, Spirit, and they do all my, my logo work. Okay. And my, and my personalization, and I've been friends with them guys for probably 30 years. That's a legit logo. Like, that looks sweet. Thank you. I, I don't know. I'm a fast. I like, I love skulls. Obviously, I have a skull right there with headphones on. Um, but, they, yeah, that's a that's a cool logo. I, I really a, like that. I had a guy that ordered just a giant cutting board, and he wanted my logo just gigantic on it. Yeah. Which I made for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. I like it. Um, Now, you said you're not from Lansing. Um, no, I live in Williamston. Okay. How do you like the Lansing area? I don't mind it at all. No? No. It's easy to find your way around, and for the most part, I don't have an issue with um, being from Flint. Nothing worries me in Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lansing's kind of getting bad, it seems like. No. With uh, some crime. I was, I follow the, uh, and it might be just the fact that I follow some things that, like, help accentuate it all but mm -hmm. um i was i follow this uh it's called lansing most wanted and yesterday there was like an like an armed robbery at the meyer and okamas and then there was another armed robbery like uh, i think leroy's on cedar and just like to me i'm like man this is crazy but it might just be the fact that i i follow these these things and I, i'm just seeing it more mm -hmm. but yeah i i mean obviously the crime's not as bad as flint yeah <laughs> oh. Flint's not as bad as Detroit. When I first started working as a mechanic in the wintertime, you don't make much money. Mm. So I would supplement it by going to Detroit and I worked at a job where I fixed water main breaks in the winter. And you see some pretty horrible stuff down there. <laughs> I could so imagine. In the three years I worked down there, I got stabbed twice and shot once. What? And I was, and I was like, nope, I'm done. Oh, my God. You got shot? Yeah, I got shot over a bologna sandwich. <laughs> what? Yeah, I come up and wanted my sandwich, and I told him to get a job, and he <laughs> shot me and took my sandwich. <laughs> Where'd he shoot you at? Right in the side. What'd he shoot you with? A little 22 short. Wow. I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. So when I woke up, I woke up a day and a half later in the hospital, and my boss is there, and I was like, what happened? He was like, you got shot over your sandwich. <laughs> I was like, I'm not coming back to work. <laughs> My name is Lauren Harrington. I'm a real estate agent with Century 21, Lemac Realty. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, I can help. From the big cities to the small towns and anything in between, I can make your home buying dreams come true. Come join the Century 21 family. Contact me anytime at 989-534-6430 to begin the process. I look forward to hearing from you. And then you got stabbed? When did you get stabbed? Um, so before we could shut the water off, we had to knock on all these um, crackhead homes until we were shutting the water off and got stabbed in the leg because they thought it was a landlord shutting off the water, and I got stabbed <laughs> in the arm for basically the same thing. Wow. So I was like, no. Oh, my gosh. That is wild. And how long ago was that? Oh, back in the 90s. Okay. Yeah, and it's only probably gotten worse since then. As far as crime. Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah. It's a wild place we live in. <laughs> yes, it is. This world is crazy. Um, try, try waking up to it new every day. 
What's that? Oh, new every day. Oh yeah. my gosh, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I could not even imagine. Yeah, my last memory of gas prices was a dollar eighty six. Boy, aren't you shocked? <laughs> uh, Every wa- time you drive by the gas station. My wife warns me before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, don't call me when you see that it's three something. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go put 20 bucks in gas. Well, you might want to take a 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. It's got to be kind of comical. Um, I mean, that you are able to kind of laugh about it and like, kind of like because you know that you you can't remember you know it's not like a this huge ailment for you which it is but it's not like something that is stopping you so it's got to be it's got you've got to like it's got to be kind of therapeutic knowing that you can kind of laugh at yourself right some days some days yeah i mean i'm sure my family gets tired of me going oh there's a new building right there (laughs) how long has that been there (laughs) years (laughs) Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine it does get frustrating, but I guess in the same sense, like, I mean, what what can you do? I mean, it could be worse. I could be lying in bed drinking out of a straw, so. Right. Um, I'm fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of things uh, do you find that you can do now that you weren't able to do at, like, tor- after first having the stroke? Probably organizing my time. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I've gained a little more patience, but I think sometimes my family would disagree with that. Um, not a whole lot. I just, you just do what you gotta do and keep moving on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's a, it's an inspiring story because most people, I mean, not most people, I don't want to say most people, but like a lot of people in situations like that, they want to allow their circumstances to define who they are. They want to allow the, what happened to them. They want to be, they want to be a victim of it or they want a way for people to just kind of feel bad for them or woe is me. I'm not able to do that because I have this issue and I find it super inspiring that you don't allow that to stop you. You you get up every single day. You take accountability for your life because you, you journal mm-hmm. multiple times a day just to make sure you stay on track. And then you go out and woodwork. And it's the first time you do it every single day. I mean, I mean, going back to what you just said, I wasn't always as empathetic towards. I was kind of one of those people like, man, why are they on disability? They look fine. And now I'm a little more empathetic towards different, the way things are now. So it, it didn't make a big change in that aspect. So so it changed the way you thought about other people and... Yeah, it, it'll be, be a little more open-minded on what it means to be disabled. Right. Or, as I always thought, like if you're on disability, you're just reaching for a paycheck. Right. And now that I'm on it, it's... It's different. It's still hard for me to accept because I never liked handouts. And I just still don't like the fact that I'm on it. That's why I do this more on the side. And then, uh, but I understand now that it's actually needed a lot more than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was definitely like this huge stigma for people that were taking advantage of the system, right? People abusing it. And you you could openly see it, mm-hmm. um, you know, where people just didn't want to work. But there's there's definitely the people also that you know struggle. There's people like you. They look just they look fine. They sound fine. Like I guarantee you, most of the people that list that will listen to this will be like, he seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but there are people like that, you know. And there's a lot of people that do need it. Like I have a a special needs brother, and uh, he's on disability and but if you sat and talked to him like he seems normal Mm -hmm. but he's definitely not he has a huge learning disability and um and uh he's developmentally a lot younger than what he actually is Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's i i I understand what you're saying and it's awesome that you're able to kind of come full circle a little bit and and have empathy for those kind of people Mm -hmm. i agree yeah so i i guess it made you a better person (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I, 
I don't think I'm doing anything special, but apparently you, you say that you say that you don't think you're doing anything special, but really it is. It's remarkable that you're not letting it stop you from doing what you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. I guess it's mom. My dad taught me early to be self-reliant and not like in a bad way. He's like, you need to figure it out. You need to work. You need to provide for your family when you're not and be responsible. And it just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does something to you, even if you're not able to provide for your family, but you're just doing something that is therapeutic in a sense, like woodworking, it's helping you in the long run. I mean, I mean, I'm sure some days you don't feel like doing it, mm-hmm. but by doing it, by taking those active steps and going out into the, the word woodworking shop and, and just working like it, it does something for your mood. It does something for who you are as a person. It makes you a better person because you accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just maybe helping somebody else out now that has had a stroke and they're the ones that are struggling. Like this is my first time I, I moved my pinky in a month and a half. Well, I'm, I'm there to show you that you can get better if you just keep working your butt off for it. Right. Because I spent a lot of time walk or learning how to walk and pretty much everything all over again. And I still keep my last cane hanging above my workbench. And that's kind of my, like, I'm not going back there. That's awesome. That's really awesome. It's important to have those things that keep you going daily, day in and day out. Because, I mean... I'm sure even for you, obviously for you, it's easy to forget, right? It's yes. easy to forget where you came from. I don't sure. mean I don't mean to make fun of you. I'm not. No, you're fun. not. But it's it is easy. Like for for me, it's easy to like forget. Like oh well, um, you know you you need to make the best or the best of today or the most of today, mm-hmm. and uh, just to kind of go about life. It's so easy to just forget. Um, obviously, for some, it's easier, <laughs> but yeah. So it's it's good to have those reminders. Yeah, it'll be like if my wife ever gets tired of it, all she's really got to do is keep me away from my shop for a week and, <laughs> and, and clean it out and hide all my notes, and I'd have no idea I was Oh, my worker. gosh. That would be so scary, knowing <laughs> that somebody has that power over you. <laughs> <laughs> I would just find some other way to annoy her. <laughs> she would quickly bring it back, I'm sure. Yeah. She's like, go back outside. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That is hilarious. I would, it'd be interesting to hear your wife's perspective of this, of all this, what it's like for her. I can ask her if she wants to come talk to you. Yeah. I mean, she is the one that keeps everything going. She keeps track of everything. And I definitely couldn't do what I do without her. I think she keeps track of everything. I don't know how she does it. I think she's got it harder than I do. (laughs) She has to keep track of, all the meds and all the appointments and all the things going on with their kid, all, all four of our kids and, and then things that I need, things that she needs. I just, she amazes me every day. That's amazing. And it, I'm sure it's overwhelming, but obviously she has a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she loves me. I love her. She has a good church that keeps her grounded and she really enjoys going there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to promote on the podcast or talk about? I feel like we, we still got 20 minutes. We can go for 20 more minutes, can't we? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, just get the word out about my website. I'm really trying to get it up and running. Um, there's not a lot on there at the moment, but it's one of those works in progress. Yeah. Where did you build the website yourself or did you hire somebody to do that? My wife's doing it. Your she's, wife's doing it? Yeah. So, she's, so I'm teaching myself woodworker. And she's kind of teaching herself the how to run the web page because I wouldn't remember how to I've never been a computer guy. <laughs> <laughs> so. I I just recently built a website for my clothing line and it was it was difficult. I mean it wasn't like super difficult because I grew up in the era with like MySpace and whatnot. In MySpace you kind of you could customize your like profile and whatnot. And so building the website was kind of like that for me. Mm-hmm. But the hard part is like the SEO and trying to figure out how to like make it Google's like top ranked page or whatever, you know? And for me, that's the difficult part. Yeah. I mean, fortunately <clears throat> my friend Matt that does all my laser work. He's a, uh, he's one of the heads of the IT department at MSU. That's his job. He, runs, uh, he helps run the IT for the college. Wow. So she always has that 
backup where he can help her out when he gets tough. That's it's good <laughs> to have friends like that. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's like me. I have a hard time finding my email. <laughs> I have a friend that uh, he's like this car car guy. He's a car guru, um, and uh, anytime there's an issue with my car, I call him, and uh, I'm sure he gets annoyed annoyed by it but it's good to have people like that in your life who you could just call upon yep i'm that guy in my family (laughs) i I still get calls like hey what do you think this is it's like i think you need to take it to a dealer (laughs) especially with the new ones right yeah it's it's crazy like how much the vehicles have changed oh yeah i was the uh electrical specialist so i had to deal with all the nightmares and it, it only got worse over the years, right? Like oh, yeah. with the electrical side of it, because mm-hmm. there's just more and more. Everything's turning electric. Yep. So being with Mercedes, their cars are about 10 years before what the new stuff comes out with. So wow. now, now all these cars are self-parking and stuff like that. And I was working on them 10 years ago and they were the same. They had them back then. Wow. So we had to figure out how to... Um, I don't know, the first time you use something like adaptive cruise where... It keeps that distance between you and the car in front of you. You're just holding your foot by the brake like, I don't know if I'm going to trust this thing or not. <laughs> it's so true. I drove a, a car that had that had the lane assist. It had everything. Um, it was a rental car from here to Florida. And it was nice. Um, but it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't trust it. I don't. I think a lot of people rely on that kind of stuff. And then that's when you see like a Tesla underneath the semi. <laughs> I mean, they're not supposed to do that, but right. you, you never know. Everything can twitch out. Do you find being a, like a, an electrical uh, technician, do you, or had do had th- that you did that, had that you did that. Do you find that it is concerning that we're going fully electric and moving in that direction? Uh, I, think, I think it has its good and bads. I think that the smart technology is fine, but we don't have the infrastructure to back it up yet. Right. Yeah, that, that seems to be the common um, thought on, on that. Yeah. But as far as, like, the technology aspect of in the vehicle itself, like relying on the vehicle to drive, relying on it to switch lanes and park, like, do, do, you, do you see that there would be a lot of room for it to mess up or glitch out? Uh I'm not an engineer, but I don't personally care for that type of thing. That's why I'm still working on my old eighties truck and <laughs> keeping that up and running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they work, they work great. Mm-hmm. The older vehicles work great. Um, yeah. I, I find it difficult to want to fully invest into that, into the electric vehicles. Yeah. I'm not sure I would like to No, <laughs> I like the sound of a good carburetor. Yeah, or doing a burnout, you know, the good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, being a car guy my whole life, that's you know, you gotta love that. Yeah, and you you grew up with, probably with the classics too, like a lot of like the like the sought after cars now. Yeah, my dad always had cars with big engines in them. And, yeah, um, I actually have a, a square body truck, which is the same year and body style and color as the one I grew up driving. Oh, so, so cool. I'm currently building a 468 for that one. Wow. So Prius people are going to hate me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a license plate that says zero MPG. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Michigan crackdown on license plates recently? Mm-mm. No. So they made, they made like certain license plates illegal to get. Like see ya. You can't get that one. No, really? <laughs> yeah, there's some other ones, too. I can't remember what, what they were. But yeah. I hope mine isn't one of those when I get around to doing it. Because <laughs> when I had the 350 in it, and I got like eight miles a gallon. Oh, my gosh. And that one was 300 horse, and the one I'm building about 600 horse. Wow. I'm building now, so. Wow. And what, what do you plan on doing with it? Just, just drive? Daily, just drive? daily driver. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. What year is it? 86. 86. Well. Most of it's an 86. It's kind of a hodgepodge. It's 86 body and then 74 frame and axles. And I'm going to look that up. 80. It's an 86 K20. 
I love um I love old cars. I'm a I like to watch uh Gas Monkey Garage. I watch that a lot. Mm-hmm. My kids love it and um my wife hates it because then I always want a uh I always want a classic car. <laughs> They're easy to work on. Yeah. What year was it? 86. 86. K20. Four by. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That is sweet. Yeah. Mine's uh, lifted and manual, everything. Wow. Oh, yeah. What color is it? Uh, almost like that blue one and third from the right. This one? Yep. A little more smurfy colored mine is. Okay. But yeah, it looks pretty much similar to that one. Yeah, that is sweet. Except for that one's chrome. I painted everything black on mine. Yeah, that that would be sick. It's a work in progress. That's cool. How long do you think do you anticipate it taking till you're done with it? Oh, well, my son and I started building the motor before my stroke, so that's taken longer than we wanted. But it's almost it should be ready by this spring to be put back in. Oh, sweet! And then that'll be behind my booth in all my craft shows. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be sweet. Put your logo on the back, oh, yeah. in the back window. Yep. Yeah. So that's man. This guy driving around is my advertising car. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Jeez, that's really cool. And uh, obviously, that's another hobby you still have that mm-hmm. helps keep you going. Yeah, my uh, my daughter, that's like four foot tall. She wants to drive it to prom next year, so that's kind of a goal I got to have done. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got to get I got to put different seats in it because being a stick shift and her being so small, when I get it far enough forward to reach the clutch, you can't shift it in the second. It's got a bench seat in oh, it, so yeah. I need to put bucket seats in for it. That'll make it a little bit more comfortable, too. Yeah, I think I'll put some nice cushy seats in it. Yeah. So I'm getting all the most comfort items in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, this was a lot of fun. Um, it's been uh, an honor talking with you, and uh, it's it's crazy. Your story is crazy that you're able to do what you do daily, and I find it super inspiring. Um, especially somebody who like strives to be better every single day and find a reason to be better. Um, cause sometimes it's so, it's so difficult to want to be motivated. It's difficult to want to just get up and go about my daily routine. The things that I know that would keep me going every single day, like working out and like doing my morning routine, writing, journaling, reading all those things. Um, but then like hearing a story like yours where like, you have to do those things or you have to do specific things in order to just like have a normal day. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that inspiring and I find it inspiring that you, you don't, you didn't give up and you're, you're continuing, continuing to, to go and, and make your life better. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing, seeing what else you build and uh, or make. And I want to definitely check out your store. All so. right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and your website and your social media will all be in the links in the show notes. Yeah, because I have Facebook, Instagram, and my website. Cool. All right, awesome. It'll be in there. Thank you. All right, thank you very much.